everyone, and welcome to a dreaming episode of Zing This. You got me, Endless Zinger. Oh, okay. I didn't know we were doing this. Um, ah, you have me, the Vortex Ellie. Ooh, nice, <laughs> nice. And while Eric is stuck in the dreaming, we have brought on the man, the myth, the legend. Sir, introduce yourself. Oh, I am aspiring collector Scott Godleski. Ooh, perfect. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Scott. It's been a while, but it's great to have you on for a fantastic topic. Yeah, I'm excited. So, I, first off, I'm, I'm going to put everybody in the hot seat for a second. Oh. And we're going to start with Scott first for this. When were you introduced to Sandman? Like, what was your introduction to this world of the Sandman? Because I think we each have a different answer to this. Hmm. Okay. I don't know how much different our answers are going to be. Um, I, it, it, Sandman was probably the first non-superhero comic I ever read. I, I remember just countless articles in Wizard and wondering what this thing was and you get to a certain age and you know you're ready for it and you check it out and it's it wasn't like anything else it was it, it wasn't the 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 superhero comics of my youth there weren't mm -hmm. thought balloons there weren't captions explaining everything uh stuff just kind of was what it was and uh it it, it really yeah, it, it was great. It, it it felt like you had discovered something that not a lot of other people were were in on, and I I I enjoyed it. I it had a different feeling that you couldn't get anywhere else, and I dug that. All right, all right, Ellie. Do you want me to put you in the hot seat now? Oh sure. All right, Ellie. When were you introduced to the world of Sandman? So um. Quite honestly, I have always heard of the Sandman. Um, I never, I've never read it, and um, I'm very looking forward to reading it. Um, my oh, so, oh, so, so, so we are going to get it eventually. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Give me just a little bit. Um, but no, I've, I've actually never read these comics. I'm a huge Neil Gaiman fan, though. Um, so I'm surprised I did never kind of check it out. Uh, but no, I kind of saw some of the trailers and of course, Justin was bugging the crap out of me about, you know, check this out. It looks really cool and showing trailers and everything. So, um, I watched like the, I think 30 minutes into the first episode, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm hooked. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, uh, I know some of the characters from the Sandman, like Lucifer, Mm -hmm. um, but I guess different versions of Lucifer, as I found out when I watched the well, show. We'll get into it. <laughs> yes, you can. I'm, get I'm into sure that. We'll, we'll discuss that yeah. later. Um, but no, I'm I'm pleasantly uh, looking forward to to reading this um, in the future, and um, yeah. So, and and here's why I say I I was about to say Scott doubted, but here's where the weird thing comes in. <laughs> I love Neil Gaiman. I think longtime right. listeners of this yeah, show will know that. Yeah, I think we all know you're I, obsessed, yes. I, I can't go a while without. But you, the weirdest thing is, I've only been introduced to him through his novels for the longest time. I never read any of his comic books up. I knew it existed. Right. I just never had a pull for it. And 
one of my buddies was bugging me about, you should read The Sandman, you should read The Sandman. I was always like, eh, eh, eh. Well, Audible was like, hey, we're doing a full-on, like, all-star cast voice, you know, adaptation of The Sandman. So I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, Audible's doing it. Uh, James McRoy as, um, as the Sandman, as Dream and everything. So I was like, awesome. Neil Gaiman's doing like the narrate. I'm like, cool. I'm, I'm on board. I'll, I'll do this. So I used one of my, um, credits on Audible, by the way, sponsored. So I can actually say that this time instead of not sponsored. (laughs) I know Um, we usually have to say not sponsored. (laughs) Uh, in, in 2020, I got the adaptation, listened to it and for of the first installment and was blown away on something that like I I've never read the comic either but it allowed me to go into it with a realm of I'm going into this as if I'm reading a book so I'm able to do my own imagination to it. Now, I want to read the comic eventually. So so kind of just looking up stuff on the interwebs are are there like separate books versus comic books? Like, is there graphic novels and then regular novels on the this? closest thing to the to a regular novel? I think would be the audiobook since it does have like narration to it. Well, to because describe I'm stuff. finding this one that says Sandman, um, the Sandman Book of Dreams, and it says it's tales, visions, and more inspired by the award winning graphic novel. Oh, there's been tons of stuff that has been done. Okay. With it, I mean, outside of his, I believe it's seventy-five issues. Okay. Of the initial, I think run. that's right. I, I, I've been watching and reading stuff, and I actually have a thing pulled up to the side here, which I can definitely look at and just see that. Yes, it is. Um, I swear it's seventy-five issues, but yeah, yeah, seventy-five issues of the initial run. But there has been other stuff done. Okay. Within that oh, realm, um, yeah. And okay. ironically and weirdly. Stuff that was done prior to that, that he melds and makes it within its own world and everything. So, with all that being said, we all have had separate introductions to the world of Sandman and and this realm. But, before we get into our discussion today, we're going to do a fun game we normally do on Zygnus. No looking at the screen, Ellie. No looking at the screen. We're going to play Rotten Tomatoes. So, Scott, I'm going to put you on the spot. How fresh do you think the score is Ooh. for this tomato. Do, do, do you want to use this tomato for a, for, for a nice tomato soup, or is this something you're going to put in your compost pile? Where do you think the freshness of this tomato for this series lands? Oh, boy. It's high, I bet. Um, are, are we playing, like, a Price is Right rules? I, you know what? We, we, we are doing the critical score first. Um, I bet the critical score is higher than the audience score. I'm going to say 90 three all right 93 ellie without looking at the screens i know you can vaguely see it from where you're sitting no i'm not looking at the screen all right um, thank you you're the one that wanted me to be able to <laughs> see we're gonna say a little um behind the scenes you uh justin is so paranoid about me wanting to be able to face him so we can see each other while we're talking but then i can see the screen i need to move don't look at the screen (laughs) i need to move one of the monitors so only i can see it i'm so conflicted um okay so based off of reviews that i've seen i'm gonna say it's lower because there has been some like wide a range of reviews um I'm going to say 82. 
82. Yes. All right. So, as of the recording, August 14th, 2022, the season one score for Tomato Meter is certified fresh. Oh, okay. So, that is a good for your soup tomato. And it is 87%. Oh. So, right in the middle. Oh, but, man. <laughs> but. I was so close. But. What do you think the audience score is? And Scott, you are correct. I will give you the hint of it is lower. Am I going first again? I'm going to say 75. All right, Ellie. You've you've been on the interwebs. You've seen the response to this. I'm going to say like 54. 54? Well, I'm just telling the people are like, I love it or I hate it." it. It would be 80%. 80% okay. audience. I'm happy with that. I'm which I, that's good. That. I feel that's gone down since like I checked okay. this a few days ago. But but seriously, people are psycho about this. They're like they absolutely are hugely excited and a fan, or they're like, eh, it's it's too much. So. All right, but on that note, on that note, let's go around our table real quick before we get into the like deeper discussion. In case somebody's like, do I want to watch Sandman? I'll listen to this podcast and see if these three individuals recommended or not so before we get into the deeper discussion ellie hot seat first oh okay. would you recommend this yay or nay as i guess the most you're going first off of your i don't want to say naivety but i'm your, only um, i'm only going off of it by the show you have only yes. the experience of the show exactly. to go off so of. i'm not being jaded by the comic book series and you I have def- nothing to pre- preface this on aside from me just screaming about how neil gaming is amazing in the house <laughs> like every other day yes um so just off of the show that's a big hell yeah all right um i i like I, like I said, I mean, like half of the first episode in and I was hooked. Would your score be higher than that tomato meter? Y- yes, definitely. All definitely right. in the 90s. Ooh, um, right. I, I absolutely love this. Um, I like that we get a mix of crazy moments and then a mix of brooding. And, um, you know. Lots of brooding. Yes, lots of brooding and and. Really kind of diving into some great conversations between the characters. I love the the episode with him and um, Death. Um, so I, I just, I think it's fantastic. And, um, but I want to just say really quick, because I like to pick on those kind of people. Um, even if I had watched the, I mean, read the comic books, I still would have rated this based off of the show, because I like to base it off of the media that we're judging not judge it off of oh i wish they would have put this page four of volume three in there and it would have made it much better you know what i'm I saying i feel personally attacked for <laughs> when i do my yes because that's you but but no um at just going in it just the show i i think it's fantastic and i really hope that we get multiple seasons um afterwards as long as it keeps to the same vein as this first season was all right scott i'm gonna let you go next um what is my score well i was about to say what's your opinion and your score without i guess without spoiling too much of the actual show so uh, um well my opinion is it is very very good i think it's very close to great uh and i think my score is probably pretty close to what i had thought the critic score was probably All right 
95-ish rain. Um, God, it, it, I, 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 I adored the show. It was the best show I've seen since uh, Midnight Mass, probably. Mm. The, yeah, it, 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 I think you're going to be uh, pleasantly surprised at how close it is to the source material when you finally get to that. All right, all right. Uh, I myself, I think I'd rate it somewhere 90 to 95. Okay. De- definitely fresh tomato. Yes. I have one critique that I will get to when we get to it. Like, <laughs> it's funny because I, I, I was willing to. They, they melted a few characters. They so did some stuff. you're just nitpicking. There, there was one big okay. nit that. Okay. I, it's one of those things that it didn't bother me first time watching it. It bothered me the second time watching oh. it a lot more. So did you did you run through the whole season twice? Uh, I went, when I when I sat down and watched scenes? when I sat down and watched a certain episode with you. That oh, second oh, 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 viewing oh. of it. Okay, I gotcha. That's where I I had a bug for the first time, and then this made it go. Okay, this is this is more than just this. This is a scratchable mosquito bite of an issue that <laughs> i i can't ignore okay. okay so but besides that i thought this was phenomenal um me having the audiobook as a medium and having me kind of use my own imagery and stuff to this it's funny because i just hit my mic it's funny because i don't have the comic book medium to go off of for the artwork and stuff but i could tell moments in here were taken from panel to screen. Okay, and perfectly. what did you say the audiobook covered? How many was that the uh, whole run the, or just The audiobook covers the first 3 volumes. Oh, they okay. are on act 2, which covers all the way up. It's going to be 3 acts total. Okay. And they've done okay. act 1, act 2, and they'll do act 3 soon, but let me see exactly where the cuz I think it's Okay, it's Preludes and Nocturnes, The Dollhouse and Dream Country. The first season of the show Covers Preludes Nocturnes, which is one. Preludes and Nocturnes is the first, and then the second is the Dollhouse. It does not stray into Dream Country. So, with that being said, I guess spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the show. I think we all recommend it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All of us re- recommend checking this out um, on on Netflix. But let's get into. I I guess let's get into. Um, our favorite. Let's get into our favorite moment if we have one, or I, I guess you, you, you put me a rip off the band aid. Do my critique now. Sure, Scott. Yeah. All right. All right. This is this is very petty of me. I <laughs> I hate the pep talk from Matthew to oh. Dream during the fight with Lucifer. I love that. It doesn't. It. It just irritates me because I'm just like, why does Dream need a pep talk from from it? I mean, it's cool that they did that because Matthew has to be put in there earlier as the audience surrogate yeah, to be I that. Yeah, you mentioning that he's later. Yeah, but which I didn't mind. But the problem is, I just didn't like him doing the pep talk. I was like, why does why does Dream need this pep talk right I now? It's making the character seem I'm gonna, vulnerable. I'm gonna come back on you on this. Come back on me on it. Let's okay. do this now. Once again, my 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 one nit. Okay. In this in this thing, so, that I want to harp on. For for my personal opinion, um, now once again, I don't have the comic books to reference, so I don't know how they do it in there. But for the show, it was very obvious that they were trying to slowly show through the season that he, 
that he's changing um, and he's a different dream than he was before. And, and I think that that was a great moment to have in there to show that he's slowly leaning on other people when he never used to do that before. They kind of point that out throughout the show that he, he never, he always wanted to do everything by himself. He didn't want to have to have help from anybody else. And I think that was a nice moment of him kind of connecting with the new Raven when he said he didn't want anymore. Um, and, and having that kind of moment. So I thought it was really nice. I liked it. I'm, I'm staring. I, I know this is an audio medium. I'm <laughs> yeah, staring at Ellie it. right now. I, I don't know. I disagree. Like, with like you. I said, that's I, I ripped it off. There's there's my one big nitpick out of this. Was the was was the pep talk just I want was Scott's weird opinion. to me. All right. Yeah, it was a TV moment. It was a <laughs> it, it, it was very much a sort of mass audiences moment. I guess I had another one of those in the same episode where I don't. It, Dream runs into somebody he used to know in hell, and we get everything we need to know from their conversation, but then he has to explain it to Matthew after that, mm-hmm. so that <laughs> everybody gets it. That bothered me a little bit. Yeah. I, I, know, uh, I know exactly what part yeah. you're talking about, too. Oh, yeah, yeah um, me too. In the first five minutes, too, there was a moment where they had to explain to the audience what Magus means. Mm. Um, that had me a little worried that this was going to be uh, uh, dumbed down for the masses. And it, 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 it's not super important to anything. I mean, you can use context clues to figure it out. Or if you're really curious, you've got a computer in your pocket. You can just look it up. But uh, other than that, my only nitpick was I wish they would have color corrected uh, Dream's skin tone to be chalkier. I, her, I, because, because my, my my other thing was the whole him him not having like the stars for uh like his his even though you do see it every now and then like there's the one part where he's in the darkness and you just see the two glowing eyes. And that was leans, great. That was great. And I'm like, I think I would prefer him to have natural eyes, except for he's in the darkness, because it look it would look too out of place if that makes any sense. If he had the glowing eyes constantly, but I mean, I for for me, like, like I said, that that it's my un, one other thing was they, they they don't have the eyes, which are a big thing in the comic. But at the same time, I think it would have taken him so far out there that it wouldn't have made. It, it would have made him less relatable, even though he's an ethereal being that isn't supposed to be relatable, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, a- anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I was about to say, we're, we're, we're critiquing this a little bit too much. Let's get into, do you have a favorite episode? Gonna go with you first. Scott, do you have a favorite episode of this that, that stood out? I do, and I'm... I think I would bet money that the consensus is going to be it's all the death episode. I, I think yeah, that I, was yeah. one of the loveliest episodes of TV I've ever seen. I loved it, yeah. Uh, that would be uh, The Sound of Her Wings, which is the sixth episode. Beautiful. And is a nice, it's a, tra- it's a nice transitional episode from um, one storyline to the next and also introducing the character of death. Uh, Ellie... I, I guess you're going to say the same. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, who thought that watching someone go around and um, <laughs> basically, you know, 
have people move on. Um, it was so touching, and I just I like that they did the different ages. You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't just older people. Um, you know, they even did the baby, um, and it was just so. I don't know. I I just it could have been longer. I just was just enthralled and just watching it and just completely entertained with that episode. It was very cool. Uh, ironically, I, I re-listened to the audiobook on my way to work the past week and a half to, to kind of reintroduce myself to it to see if there, there was anything else. Mm-hmm. And this was always a part in the audiobook. I mean, when I listened to it the first time, I was like, eh, my, my favorite one's still him going his helm back from hell. Re-listening to this and watching the episode, this shot up immediately as like one of my favorite moments because... Her interaction, death and dreams interaction was great. Them pairing it with the uh, uh, hobgabbling storyline, like having those two episodes, I mean, those two stories have been one episode, I thought was great because it kind of shows his development over the years and everything. And it was really cool with the way the show did it because he, wa- he had that in 1989 where he skipped meeting him because he was still imprisoned, but then had him, of course, meet right. up with him. More recently, and referred to him as, you know, my friend and everything. So I thought that was a really... Like I said, both of them, fantastic episodes. Um, I mean, both both memes, I think, were fantastic. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, it, it is one of those things that I've seen a lot of people rate that as, like, their favorite episode. One person did rate 24-7 as their favorite, which has me mm. wondering about that individual's mental state. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I may say so. Because that episode... Ooh, that one. That that was the one I was like, Ellie, make sure that the kids are nowhere yes. in the vicinity during this episode. Like, the, the, the other ones, there's moments. That one, I was like, That Meh. episode was very cool, though. It, I, it is. I thought it was. I mean, it was, it was crazy how happy everyone seemed at first. And then when they really kind of dived out and they... We're being honest with each other. Yeah, it's a, it's a little, it was a little crazy. So, but yes, thank you for that sup on that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I would have been like, oh my god, <laughs> run, get out of the room. So yes. Uh, Scott, do you have any thoughts on the twenty four seven episode? I, I, it was a good example of what they did throughout the course of the show, where they explored the different meaning and like power of dreams. And what they do, it it's something um, something like the Flash does well because he's pretty boring. You can go really fast, but when you add in the science of what it means to go really fast, you can do all these weird, cool things. And I thought they did the same thing with the idea of dreams and expanding that to being hopes and wishes and desires for things and uh, what that ultimately leads people to do and that that episode there was a good example of uh yeah using the creativity behind that idea i what one of my favorite and i i I know this 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 is a panel from just the way it was shot but the the um dream morpheus holding john d in his hand where he's like giant and he gets his power back and he's holding him in his hand like like i said i know that's a panel because of the way it was shot yeah, just cause it's it's like there, there's no way that's 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 not one that 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 was really cool. Like Dream returning him being returned to full power. Um, in the comic, by the way, and I'm go- I'm gonna try to avoid saying this a ton. 
there's a lot more DC references that this, of course, can't do for, I guess, rights, or they don't want to confuse people on what is going on, I guess, mm -hmm. in the DC EU or whatever, or tie it too much. But um, this was a cool moment of, in the comic, Neil Gaiman was given the opportunity to, like, take from other stuff, and Dr. Destiny was, like, an old, like, I think Silver Age or Golden Age villain or something, and that's the actual character John D like that's him later on in the book of course comic and everything else and he also is being held in Arkham Asylum but in the show he's just somewhere in Buffalo which <laughs> is I guess equally terrifying to some people <laughs> it's a little different yeah um but no so I like I said I I've, I've mentioned to, to Ellie on numerous occasions that there is tie-ins to the DC universe and that I really wish they would have had some of them but I understand why they can't so I'm glad they didn't I to be I honest. I am too because it's one of those things that I think this can stand alone without yeah, having those I, references I just want this story I don't want to have to be wrapped up in how it connects to other things at at least at this point in time maybe later on if it's Several seasons it, and they feel the need, but I, I, I like that it was just this. If I remember correctly, the beginning has some DC references and the end has some DC references of the comic. Like, m for the most part, they kind of steer away from involving the bigger DC universe. Right. If I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't. It doesn't need it. it and I think it might actually be less for it. Yeah, I just, I, the, the only thing I did want to see was Martian Manhunter. It's like vision of him being a flaming head. So. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure in the comics, uh, I would bet that that was editorial mandate and not him just wanting to do it. Yeah. Oh, you got to tie this into to, to the DC Universe somehow. We got to have all this go together. So, like I said, unaware of that. Speaking of favorite characters... I guess we're each going to say Dream's one of our favorite characters, but is there any standout characters you enjoyed seeing or that you were excited to finally see in screen form? I'm going to go with Ellie first since she's the blank slate that just has this to go off of. Any standout characters for you, or do you just want to talk about how... How awesome dreamy Dream dreamy. is? I was going to say that, but I thought it'd be cheesy, so thank you. Um, You know, honestly, it's hard because I think there's... A lot. All right, top three then. I, I'll give. Characters. I'll give. I'll give all of us top. Okay. Threes. Okay. I was gonna say that's really hard for this show. I I was very impressed. Um, of course, one of my top three. I won't rank them. I'll be fair. Um, Dream. Um, I know you were telling me how some people have been. Uh, complaining about his way he everyone's it. complaining about everything in this show so I, I i take it whatever we say is going to be wrong according to somebody which everyone's to their has their own opinion but um when neil gaiman calls you out on your opinion i being mean wrong, i think that's fantastic but which he has been doing recently yes. on twitter so thanks neil gaiman um but based off of you know just my impressions of the show like i said i, I don't know the source material um but i think he Seems to play it exactly the way he should play it. Um, Very brooding. Yeah, I mean, and he's... Um, I love his... His voice is just extremely soothing. And I just... I could hear him just talk. If he did the audiobook, I probably would listen to that audiobook. I, I love the sound of his voice. It's, it's amazing. I like the way he looks. Um, I don't know how he looks in the comic book, though. So I don't know how close to that or if they made him 
prettier for the show. As as Scott said earlier, I think the only correction would probably be the the skin tone white, like okay. white, like white, like. Okay. The, Which makes the, that would make the, sense. The background of like not not even our wall. Yeah, our like, wall is too uh, is, taupe. <laughs> yeah, it's too taupe for how yes. white he's um, supposed to be in the so comic. So definitely him. Um, I I th- I would compare that to like when The Witcher came out and people gave um him a lot of crap. Cavill. How he played The Witcher, but that's how The Witcher sh- is supposed to be emotionless. Yeah. Um, so I definitely him would be one. Um. I loved, oh, I'm going to forget his name. The Old Englishman. Um, Fiddler's. Oh, Fiddler's Green, played by Stephen Fry. Oh, Stephen Fry. Yeah. That, I loved that character. And I thought that was such an amazing, his whole attitude and um, like he realized what he is for and he just wanted to to explore a little bit and and see what it was like to be um, a human. But I, I just love that scene where he returns back to being a place. Instead um, of a per- Wait, uh, God. It, it was love just, Neil Gaiman for that Yes, stuff. I, I thought that was a really cool character. So he's definitely would be number two. Scott, I made a mistake. I think Ellie's stealing all of our picks since we never <laughs> go first. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, There's no wrong answer here. Yeah, I mean, there's so many but great But Ellie's ones. taking all the good ones. Um, I think number three for me... Ooh, would have to be, and I don't, you don't see it a lot. I'm not going to defy it as man or woman. Um, you don't see desire a they, lot. Them. Yes. yes. Um, so I, the little bit that I saw, I'm very intrigued. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't wait to see where that goes with this huge kind of, Power battle between the two of them. I want to get your, since you have zero knowledge on what comes next. (laughs) And I've heard that Neil Gaiman has even said that they're going to go a little bit of a different direction with some stuff. But I want to get your predictions on what will come next at the end of the show. Okay. So that, but just, just kind of, I'm intrigued with, with that character and kind of where they're going with it so but like i said there is a gazillion amazing characters in this show but those are the three that kind of stand out initially all right scott i'll I'll let you go next and i'll anchor this yeah those are all great i i think yeah mason alexander park is desire i don't know if there's been a better casting in the history of anything Mm -hmm. than that uh that's spot on and tom sturgis looks just like Dream. You just give him weird hair and that's him. Yep. Uh, I, I thought the dude that played Abel um, was, he looked oh, yeah. j- like he was taken right out of the comic book. Those two, Cain and Abel, I thought were fantastic too. And Gwendolyn Christie is, you know, the devil. What the, the saying is what? There's nothing more intimidating than a beautiful woman, but hmm. then she's seven feet tall. So <laughs> it's great. Um, oh, by the way, I do have a correction to something I told you, Ali, so I will admit it on the podcast. Oh, my god! Because I found out this information prior to the record. Um, Cain and Abel are actually the host of an older DC series called The House of Mystery and The House of Secrets, which involved, yes. like, um, um, Swamp Thing and stuff like that. Okay. I did not know that that was based off of an older DC thing oh. until literally the record. Okay. Like, right before I was watching something, and they talked about that, and I'm like, oh, 
Oh, I didn't know it had a DC origin. I just thought that it was the biblical story of Cain and Abel, which they also point out it's kind of they are and they aren't. It's kind of a toss-up thing that sometimes they it seems like they're those two, but they're not. It's it's weird. It's weird in there. But yeah, I did not know that it was based off of the older like 1960s, 70s comic series. I'm probably getting those dates completely wrong. Um, as for me course dream and i know this is one you're going to be kind of against ellie i I, i'm gonna say that's just because i'm biased it's okay oh i was gonna say the corinthian oh i thought you were gonna talk what do you mean against you 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 didn't seem to i mean you you were like i don't see where everyone sees in him no i just did i said i didn't see how he was not that attractive everyone obviously he was well i don't think it was his look so much as his power i think it was it was something else they were attracted to not necessarily he he has a presence yeah yeah i as somebody who like it's just it's good to have that villain kind of there through the series and i liked the way the actor portrayed him he was just so menacing and i think the the thing that made me realize how great like that actor and how menacing he was was there was the scene where he was with unity Mm -hmm. and you don't see him you just hear him say something and I was, it was when I was watching it with you and your response to, oh no. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh God, something's going to happen. <laughs> that you just heard just that little bit of his voice and you knew exactly who was there with her. Yeah. Like just his presence was so well done. Oh yeah. Like I said, don't let people think I didn't like the character. I love the character. I just, I just thought it was funny how like every scene they were like, oh, he's so perfect. I, I, I think Scott's right. I think it was just, he, he has a presence yes, when he I appears. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And everything. Um, I'm trying to think of a good third one now. Because, I mean, there, there, there is, you are correct. There is a lot of great ones in this show. And as much as I, okay, as much as I complained about it earlier, I do like Matthew the Raven. Yeah, he's I, awesome. I was about to say, as much as I complained about that particular scene, I like him I want overall. a talking Matthew in my house. I, I, everyone wants a talking Pat Oswald <laughs> anime. <laughs> I mean, character thing that's yes. just around. I I like the ca- casting of Patton Oswalt for some reason. Like, it works. And I like the interaction he has with other characters. Um, like, Pumpkin, when he's talking yes. to the Pumpkin. He's I like, didn't realize that that's who that was. Mark Hamill. But I, I, like, I like the interaction where he's like, just, just look for anything out of the ordinary. And he's like, out of the ordinary. I'm a talking raven talking to a talking pumpkin. You need to be more specific than that. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think a lot of this was done really well, and I'm, I'm very, like I said, nothing in this was, aside from what I said, the one nitpick was like, I didn't, this, this goes against my vision from the comic at all. So was everyone, um, okay with Constantine being, um, like the gender swap Late, part lady. of that character? Lady I Graham. was wondering when that was going to come up. I, go, Scott, I yeah, will let you it. take the floor for this one since you were wondering. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yes, I'm fine with it. I, I think it works. I think John worked for Sandman in 1989 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, this is a show being made 30 years later. So it makes sense for it not to be John. Yes. I, I, I like it because since we do have the live action Constantine 
show, I guess, or the the one the one guy that keeps that's constantly playing Constantine right now and like everything. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it's like name. Matt Ryan or something. Yeah, so, 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 something like that. Not Keanu Reeves from that other movie, but. <laughs> I, I think them distinguishing it completely from that was good. Also, Constantine, Constantine, sorry, Constantine being a female, it it, it doesn't affect the story. It, there's nothing that it being gender swapped effect. Like it's it's the same exact thing. It works perfectly fine. And I think the um, actress who portrayed her did a fantastic job in that role too. Like it, it was one of those things that. If you didn't 100% explain to me that it was supposed to be, like, an adaptation of John Constantine, I just thought, oh, man, this is another cool magic user. Cool, because they made sure to constantly say Constantine instead of Constantine, which... Well, they I don't think they even would need to say the name. It was obvious who it was supposed to be. I'm just saying, I I, I was fine with the character. I thought it was really yeah. well done. And oh, oh, yeah, I'm just saying, it was. I thought it was well done for... People that are familiar with that source material, they kind of knew who it was without having... Like, they could have known who that was without having to say it. So I thought that was cool. Um, as for it... Sorry, so many names. Scott pointing out that this was originally based in the 80s, having it jump... God, 30 years ahead. Um, any, I feel that the story this told back then is still relevant right now, and the fact that they didn't need to do much to change it was equally impressive. In my in my personal opinion, Scott, I don't, I don't know if you have a difference here since this kind of pertains to me and you more so than Ellie. No, I think you're totally right. It's This is one of those uh, things where the only changes you need to make are changing payphones to cell phones. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm like I said, I think that it was phenomenally done for for its time, and it, and it is sort of a ageless story. The only thing I did point out was that Unity's like 120 years old, possibly, but I mean that that had to be kind of done for the way it needed to be. But I mean, aside from that, it it is a timeless story, and a lot of the relationships and aspects even. of the characters are the same that they were in 1980s. Is that how it was in the comic? What? Um, that Unity took the Vortex from the yeah. granddaughter? Yeah. Okay, I was just wondering if they changed that to be more happy for the show. No, that, that's oh, okay. exactly what happens in the comic. Okay, I was just, I was just curious about that, that. That is verbatim the exact thing that okay. happens. I, I, the only difference is I think it's a younger version of Unity. Okay. Because in the dream world, she's still a child. I mean, still younger, if per se, and everything. So, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, it's very... like Everything they have in this show is, for the most part, aside from a little tweaking here and there, almost the exact same. Like, so very season faithful. one is pretty close. Yeah. But, so, so, but Neil is saying possibly in season two, it's going to veer a little bit different path. It's possible. I okay. mean... They, there, there's a lot they can draw from, which, um, Scott, I don't, I don't know if you have anything else you want to point out or say before, because I, I want Ellie to have her predictions or what she wants to see more of. Oh, no, go for it. All right. Well, before we do that, though, I, I did want to mention, I can't remember, I don't know if anybody remembers the character's name, but I loved the character progression of the one dream that was Gaul. supposed to be bad and then turns good. Gaul's a creation for the show. Oh, well, okay. 
they are a creation for the show based on something in the comic. Okay. If that makes sense. It's it's fine that they changed it. It was supposed to be like a nightmare, but then it wanted, it wanted to be... To dream. Yeah, I thought that was so beautiful. Um, I thought that was really cool. I really did like that little piece of scene where he was in his little room working and creating well, things. Well, room, by, by that you mean <laughs> barren landscape of yes. potential. I just... Oh my gosh. I just... There's, this world excites me. Like, I just think it's so cool. Um, and I, I'm i very excited to see what's going to come. Actually, before we get to your prediction, you just made something dawn on me that should have dawned on me earlier. Scott, as an artist, what's your opinion on the visuals in this show? I think this is the best that can be done in the format that they've chosen um it, one of my slight nitpicks was that there were more than a handful of times where i was aware i was watching a tv show mm-hmm. uh like at the end with the confrontation between dream and the corinthian where dream is walking down the aisle of a convention hall and then up the stairs onto the stage I was aware I was watching an actor just kind of walk around hmm. rather than dream sort of appearing and disappearing and floating and stuff. Um, but other than that, I, I thought the dreaming looked really cool. I thought they did a really good job with that. Um, yeah, I think this is, I think they maximized their, uh, their opportunity with a Netflix television show. I'll agree with that. Um, something else, and I know that this is probably going to play into vaguely. I, I, I don't know why Azrazel, the like tear in space and time thing that talks to Lucifer. Why are you rolling your eyes, Ellie? I felt like it was a little weak. <laughs> what the way it looked? I was. I thought it, it looked like something that was so fake it had to be real. If that makes any sense. Like, it looked like something out of the Spawn movie. But it was, like, it's it's one of those things I was watching it, and I'm like, it looks, like, bad, but it's so good because of how just weird it looks. Oh. It just doesn't look right. Like, there's something in my mind that's not putting together what it's seeing, and I love that. Oh, I, I mean, that, that's just how I, yeah, when I saw I mean, it, I was like, oh, man. Fun. It just, I just didn't, I, I didn't think it was that. Like, yeah, I, I think it's a plus concept with maybe D execution. I well, like, like I said, for me, it's like, you know what? I, 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 I like it. I liked it because it's something like I said in the I mean, in the audiobook and stuff, it's just described as just a tear with mouths and eyes in it. And I'm like, <laughs> it, they, they did it. It looks like something not of this world. So it does look like they animated a panel right from the comic book. Yes. So. On that note, Ellie, I'm going to give you the floor for a second. What are you looking forward to in the future with this? Like, what is your prediction or what do you want to see more of? Well, I mean, it seems like season two is is going to be quite um, intense with going against um, Lucifer and the, the generals there. Um, or is it? I mean, I don't know. That's what it, that's what I get the impression of. But um, I want to see more of the dreaming. Like, I, I want to go there more. Um, 
I, I understand why we did a lot of the, you know, in the realm of the humans and all that good stuff. And, and so I'm not complaining at all about that. But I, I just, just like I said, to, when you're in his, his, his castle area and when he was in his workspace creating stuff, like, I loved all of that. I want to see, I, I want to be immersed in more of that. Um, I want to see Death again. I, I really did love her character. Um, I, so who did we not get, a, who did we not get introduced to? I of the Endless? Yes. Destiny was not introduced yet. Right. Yeah. Delirium was not introduced. The Prodigal Son, which I'm not going to say what their name is. Yeah, I don't Even know. though I know it, I'm not going to say it yeah. out loud. Okay. was not introduced. I think that's it. No, wait. There's one I'm missing. No, because we got design. Are, are, I was about to say, are you counting on your fingers? No. Oh, okay. I, I, th I thought you were counting them out. Cause there is no. Seven. Um, um, I just was... So, that's... We, we, we didn't see Delirium or Destiny Okay. in this. So, I mean, that's... And then there's the, like I said, the Prodigal Son. Yeah, and that's exciting. So, I'm excited to see new characters. Um... I don't know. I'm really bad at predictions because, once again, I don't know anything about this series. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to kind of dive more into hell. Uh, so I, I think that's where it might be going, and to see what kind of crazy scheme. I'm assuming we're going to see Desire more, possibly. I don't know. Um, so I don't know. That's hard for me. I, I really. I'm. I just. One thing I would like to see, though, like I said, is more of the dreaming, and um, and I'll take whatever I get in the next season. All right, Scott, do you have anything that you want to throw out there? Or... No, we oh, we also haven't seen destruction. That's the one I was trying to not oh. say out loud. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I... um, yeah. yeah, no, they've uh, they're setting up the the endless family drama. Which is <laughs> exciting. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm super stoked for more. I want more. I hope Netflix doesn't collapse in on itself before we're able to get more. Yes, please. If, if, if there's anything, give us more of this, please. It, it, <laughs> like I said, don't, don't listen to everybody online. Because, I mean, oh, I, I have one more fun fact on something. But um, something I'm excited to see more of, and me maybe cheating at this, is more of Princess Barbara and Martin Tenbones and oh, the God. Porpentine. Okay. <laughs> so, I, it's just, it's so weird, and I'm so glad I got to see it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's it, like, they're fully going how weird that is and everything. So, I'm excited that, that we got to see some of that and everything, and that's setting up something later. Um... Final thing was uh, another thing from Neil Gaiman that he said he is more involved in this than he was in American Gods, mm. but less involved than he was in Good Omens. So take that as you mm. will. Okay. I thoroughly loved Good Omens. This show worked within itself perfectly. That's another one I think had, had phenomenal casting done for it. I don't know why or how they're making a season two out of that, but cool, whatever. American Gods is my favorite novel. Show-wise, it's similar, but I prefer the novel because it's this 
Neil, Neil Neil Gaiman, in my opinion, does a good job of meandering story of a meandering story that somehow has a world that we all know, but is also different enough that we can imagine it existing. If that makes any sense, and does a really good job with concepts of you know beings and things just existing just beyond our our realm of knowledge. So, um, on that note, Scott. Gonna give you the floor for a minute. What are you up to? Where can people find more from you? And is is there anything you want to plug, plug, plug? Um, no. I, well, yes. Uh, you can uh, find my show. I say mine. I, I do as much as I did here. Uh, Ryan Cody runs the show over at our podcast, TickShow.com. Uh, that's the illustrious gentleman. Uh, and uh, you can check me out. I'm only on Twitter at Scotty God. And uh, pick up uh, Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes. I would appreciate it. Um, I, I also I'm gonna admit this, and I'm I'm sorry. I definitely stole your um, stole your dream art you did, and it's currently the background <laughs> on my phone right now because <laughs> I saw that and I was like taking that. So so de- de- definitely some great artwork. So check of course Scott out on Twitter and of course um, the the um. You, it's it's Legion of Superheroes versus Justice League, or did I get those flip flopped? Uh, Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes. I knew I was gonna flip flop them the second. Your I LCS that. will know what you're talking about. All right, all right, awesome. Um, thanks again for being on. Uh, we'll be back next week with another nerdy topic. You can, of course, find Zingus wherever you find pay- great podcasts, such as Tig Show. Um, and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you find great content. Until next time, stay nerdy, everyone. In I guess. Keep uh, dreaming. Keep dreaming. <laughs> I, you know, I had something, but it wasn't as cheesy as that. So, thanks, Ellie. Sometimes you need a little cheese in your life. <laughs> I'm ending it on that note. <laughs>